So you've got sort of a V-caped, uh, VK, v, V-shaped, V-shaped. Yeah. Uh, yield curve, which is... I kind of think of it as an M shape. Weird. Uh, but the nice thing about it, I like, suppose... Like the McClure curve. Yes. We, we can just keep using it as the McClure curve, and maybe it will pick up and we'll be famous for something that everybody hates. No, I don't want to be there. We'll be, anyway. We'll be famous for something everyone hates. It'll be lovely. Like being, go- like being bald and bearded and loving puns, we are also the McClure curve, which nobody likes. Thank you. Right. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The the Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and did, Jeff oh, McClure. Well, this, this is how we, we demonstrate. I'm lagging. I have extreme lag right now uh, are in you, my brain. In your brain? And yes. my brain. Uh, I have I, latency. My brain is very latent at the I moment. I called the cable company to get my brain bandwidth extended. They were willing to charge me for it, but I don't see any benefit yet. Right. Um, but I am now seeing it on my bill. <clears throat> so you might want to get charged for it. It won't help a bit, but you may feel like something is happening. Yes, that's what's important. <clears throat> well, so this is take, go ahead. take a placebo and call it. Call me in the morning. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. So... That, that is a necessary step. We, we are the Federal Reserve. All right. Uh, it, nonsense aside. Wait, we never put nonsense aside. This no, is the personal wealth coach. Um, absolutely. It, we have to give you some disclosures before we get started because we're regulated. Yeah, voluntarily. <laughs> we, we did this to ourselves. We can't just talk on the radio. No, we've got to have 10, 20, 30 minutes of disclosures in advance. Um, so sit back, relax, get your popcorn ready. The disclosures are about to begin. We are bald, both of us. Neither mm-hmm. one of us has hair on the very tops of our heads. First disclosure down. We are both bearded. If either of these two things causes you to be triggered, please uh, change the channel to a safe place. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, next disclosure. This is the personal wealth coach. That's not just the name of the program. It's also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. That's not coincidental. Though the program predates the firm at the SEC registration level by quite a long time, uh, it's the same people. And that's what I mean about voluntarily regulating. On our day-to-day business, when we're not talking on the radio, we give fiduciary investment advice. That means we've got to know the people. We've got to be giving advice that's in their best interest. And then we have to disclose how we get paid and where and how much in a way that they understand. That's kind of weird, but that's what we volunteered to do. At the same time, because we're considered, or at least considering ourselves experts on subjects, we have to uh, follow the prudent expert rule. And that is to say, if we don't know what we're talking about, we're supposed to tell you we don't know what we're talking about. Yes. But we don't unless do that on the radio. That, unless we don't know that we don't know what, what we're talking about. Correct. Uh, and then we won't know even that we don't know. And so right. we won't know to tell you. Exactly. Right? Um, so we can't do that on the radio because we don't know all of you. Maybe. Maybe we do. Maybe there's none of you. Maybe we know all of us because we're the only two people 
wait, I'm not even listening. What was I saying again? Let's yes. go forward with the Pri- disclosures. Privacy issues. We don't know the people out there, so we can't give advice on the air. So what are we doing? Jabbering into these foam balls on the microphone. Um, we're giving education. Hopefully that will allow you to arm yourself with tools to give yourself some advice sometime today or down the road. Um, what else? Let's see here. Just because we're registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC somehow thinks that we're cool. The SEC doesn't do that. There is no think they are cool department of the SEC. There's a lot of departments about find out what's wrong with fill in the blank at the SEC. So I, they require us to tell you that we're not somehow selected and, ado- and anointed by them because they don't, they don't go into anointing at all. They don't, that's not part of their policies. Um, let's see. Um, oh, you, it's your turn. Yes. The information that we present on this educational radio program or internet program, depending on where you're accessing it, has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. Uh, We've just thoroughly said that we um, do not uh, guarantee uh, even the things that are coming out of our mouths. Right. Said information. Except, yes, unsaid information we guarantee is incomplete, unless it's written. Right. And then it's not said. But don't speak it out loud or any part. You're okay. And the last thing, the very last disclosure before we actually begin the program, which is no more interesting than the, the, than the disclosures, I guarantee. Wait, I'm not supposed to guarantee what we're saying. Sorry about that. Um, cancel that warranty immediately. Um, is we don't pay for this radio program. That's maybe not too surprising. But we're also not paid to do the radio program. And that's really not surprising. Anybody that's listened to us for very long is like, people would pay to listen to these guys? What? Yes, uh, we are worth exactly what you're paying for right now uh, because this is America and we are free. Okay, so what happened this week in the market? Went up. The market went up. Yeah, there's seismic the, activity. It rose. The, right. the, the real exactly. estate on exactly. Wall Street changed right. location. The um, S&P 500, which we use to measure the United States stock market, there are certainly alternative measures, the most popular one being the Dow Jones Industrial Average. But uh, this is probably the most representative index that is widely available. Yes. Anyway. We should so just use a lot of indexes nobody's ever heard of before and can't verify. Just quote right. random numbers at people. Today, uh, in the Southwest uh, Econ Employment Job Finance Index, uh, the number was 379771, which is a difference from the day before. We're not sure if it was up or down because we didn't keep records. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> well, the S&P 500 rose 2.5% this week uh, as it ended August and rolled into September. The the, and the dog days it, of summer are over. Is that what it sounds like to you? I really don't know. I, I don't. I think it's an insult to the dog, but our the dogs don't particularly care for this kind of weather anyway. Anyway, two points up, two point five percent, forty five fifteen point seven seven. Now that sounds like just a random number out there. We've discussed the fact that being above four thousand is psychologically important. That meant that's when we basically said, okay, this ain't a recession coming up. Everything's cool. 45, 44 was another, 4,400 was another point that the folks who plot market moves, uh, the the techs guys said was important. And we are above 4,500. We're above 4,400. We're above 4,500 now. And that 
is cool. That means that this SPX, the Standard Poor's 500 Stock Index, is up 17.61% this year alone. It's roughly twice the level it had back in March of 2020. It's 26% higher than it was last October, but it is still down about 6% from its record high back in January of 22. So what you're saying is things are up and down and both. Well, they're mostly up. Uh, It's The last three years, the market... The S&P 500 has risen 27.5%, which is a lot. Um, the We also follow the CRSP, U.S. Mid-Cap Value Index, because it is very different from it, even though it is composed of stocks that are almost all in the S&P 500. It is kind of the opposite in, in, the, in that the S&P 500 stock index focuses on large growth companies and overweighs them for that. The Mid-Cap Value Index uh, focuses on smaller, not small, but smaller value companies, which are priced based upon what they have rather than what somebody expects them to make in the future. And it rose 1.73% for the week. It closed at 2383.78. It's up only 1.89% this year, and it is still down 822 from last year's record high. Okay. The U.S. Treasury <laughs> note. I feel like you're just slogging through this one. <laughs> I am. The U.S. Treasury note. It's a note big week. Is, that, that's a big movement in the market. You're just... Yeah, and I try to put it in perspective every week. Um, this giving the number and how much has moved in a week can be very deceptive. And even how much has moved this year is deceptive. It's looking at it in a bigger picture, I think, is very, very important. The For some reason, US, they want us to report it anyway. I don't I don't really okay. get it. The 10-year U.S. Treasury note. Now, that's the benchmark for most interest rates in the United States that are longer than immediate. It's yielding 4.18. Why is that important? Well, until a little while ago, a few months ago, it was way down below. It was, let's say, well, let's put it like this. Last year at this time, it was 3.2%. Two years ago, it was 1.33% for the 10-year Treasury. So 10 years, just two years ago, the 10-year U.S. Treasury was yielding 1.33% and had been at that level for some time. So what we've seen is almost a four, well, actually three and a half multiple of interest rates in two years, which is a lot. Interest rates have come up a lot, or if you want to use the technical term, a bunch bunch this is um, this is used across all academic research actually bunch. it's it's actually it's more technical it's a whole lot rather than a half lot and if you want to get to the extreme then it's a whole bunch there you go of a lot oh yeah a was, lot of lots, bunch. Yes. lots plural yes. so um yeah it's way up but the yield curve continues to be massively inverted even as we see more and more evidence that no recession is imminent um the highest yielding treasury maturity that's reported is out there at about uh let's see 5.58 percent four months that's an annualized rate obviously you don't get 5.58 percent for holding it for four months till it matures but if you annualize it would be 5.58 which means that money market funds which hold Treasury money market funds, which hold short-term treasuries, are clicking along out there uh, at many of them at five percent or above, um, and that is causing a massive shift in where people keep their money, which is affecting the banks. Uh, we may go into that uh, during the during the hour. We're going to go into banks, so we'll go into the subject. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's inverted. The thirty-year Treasury bond is trading at four point nine percent. In other words, it's it's yielding four point two nine percent out of four point nine. Four point two nine. So the ten-year is just below the four point two nine at the thirty-year point. So, um, so what you're saying is that is much higher than four point two nine. 
the 30 year is actually higher than the 10 year now? Yes, that's so what we've got is a sort of a peculiar yield curve where it short term, if you look at think of the yield curve from left to right with a lower lower uh the nearer maturities on the left, the T bill and the less than one year over, they're all over 5.5%. Then you go into the middle where the 10 year is and it drops down to uh, 4.29%. No, I'm sorry, it dropped down to 4.18%. And then you go out to 30 years and it's up to 4.29. So you've got sort of a V caped, a VK, V shaped. V shaped. Yeah, uh, yield curve, which is I kind of think of it as an M shape. Weird, uh, but the nice thing about it, I like, suppose, like the McClure curve. Yes. We, we can just keep using it as the McClure curve, and maybe it will pick up and we'll be famous for something that everybody hates. No, I don't want to be there. We'll be, anyway, we'll be famous for something everyone hates. It'll be lovely, like being go- like being bald and bearded and loving puns. We are also the McClure curve, which nobody likes. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much. So, but the reality of the 30-year note is that if you get a mortgage, it's going to be up above 7% probably. Yeah. 30-year mortgage is charging you up above 7%, which should have a severe damping effect on the purchase of new homes. But in fact, what's happening is new houses across the country are being bought about the same time that the builder is laying the foundation. So the demand for new houses is up tremendously. And there's a really good reason for that. And it all... It, we're seeing a very, very unusual economic uh, environment that we're in right now. And that's kind of the understatement of the century, literally. Um, and there's a lot of strange things happening out there. Meanwhile, uh, unpleasantly, West Texas Intermediate crude oil, which is what we refine into gasoline and what and diesel, and which is uh, which tends to drive the price at the pump, is up to $85.95 per barrel because the more news we get that the U.S. economy is not falling into recession, but rather continuing to accelerate, the higher the price of oil will go because people are saying, hey, if the economy continues to accelerate, people are going to buy more gasoline and they're going to buy more petroleum products of all kinds. And they are. And I can say without qualification that having been on the interstate highways across the country in the past week, the economy is not slowing down. The The concentration of 18-wheelers hauling things around was the highest I certainly have ever seen in my life. We are, we've been saying this for a year, I think, now. And when the economists across the board were pretty much calling for a recession at this point, we were saying, no, it looks like an acceleration to me. And we yeah. are definitely getting an acceleration in the economy. And I'm just kind of glad I'm not on the Federal Reserve Board trying to figure out how to plot this thing to pull inflation down. But we've, uh, and that's another story we'll get into, but that's the markets. Yeah. So we have finished our disclosures and the markets. There's a couple of things going on the that, that relate to that right now. The United Auto Workers are threatening a strike against the automobile manufacturers in the United States. And one of the things that they're concerned about, deeply concerned about, is they are being replaced by robots and they want to stop that. The uh, John Henry wanted to stop that too. Yeah, and in, in California particularly, the writer, the Screenwriters and Actors Guild is on strike because the writers are very concerned that they are being replaced by, that they will be replaced by AI, artificial intelligence, and the actors are concerned that their images will be artificially inserted into movies in the future um, and they want rights to their images and those are all legitimate things but 
this is reaction to the very increase in productivity we were just talking about. And it is the kind of thing that sort of naturally happens. By the way, current AI, artificial intelligence, isn't. It's not That's intelligent. That's the nicest way to put it. Yeah. It's not intelligent. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things that uh, supposedly was concerned about, there is a 12-minute movie that has been made by AI called Frost. And you can find it on the web. It's, it's, it's on YouTube and other places. No, no danger in that. Let me tell you, you know, that's like saying that Picasso may be replaced by a five-year-old with a crayon. No, not now. Yeah. At some point in the future, it'll probably happen, but not in the near future. Uh, we, AI's got a long ways to go. We have talked about this um, this subject where we ran some questions that, yeah, questions that I would ask of people in some kind of econ class in high school some kind of econ class in their undergraduate years in college, some graduate level econ questions, and then some upper level, really esoteric econ questions. And um, the AI in question was Google's Bard and ChatGPT, and ChatGPT failed horribly. I mean, I wouldn't have given it a passing grade as a high school student, not even close. Uh, defined the labor force as the population of the country, which would be nice, except my four-year-old would probably protest. <laughs> uh, that is not the labor force. And when we talked to Bard, Bard got it slightly better and got a mildly, very mildly passing grade at the high school level and totally failed at any level above that. Uh, and we thought for sure, well, this is short term. They're still adding more to the library. They're going to learn this and they're going to continue to learn it better. I did the, the test again this week and I got worse answers out of both of them than the first time I asked. They, they both failed. Um, what does that mean? It means that the language model that we're using in AI right now can answer questions that most people know the answers to because that's how it's answering the questions. But the more people that have confidently answered incorrectly to a question, the more likely that the AI is also going to confidently be incorrect. Um, they call it hallucinations, but it's really, they're looking at average answers out there. And if you ask an engineering question on Reddit, probably 99 out of 100 answers are not going to be correct. And it's looking for the average answer. So its average answer is going to be wrong. And so we're just saying that, that at some point in the future, this is going to improve. Not maybe, not sort of, not in certain circumstances. No, it's going to get better. But it's probably going to be longer than we thought it was. They launched this yeah. stuff thinking it was ready for, for everybody to use, and it's really not. If, you're, if you are an econ student, this is absolutely vital for you to understand. Well, number one, cheating is bad, okay? Uh, but number two, if you use BARD or ChatGPT to answer your econ questions, not only are you bad for cheating, you're also going to fail <laughs> because you've got the wrong answers. So uh, keep that in mind as you begin your, your college days these days. Um, the AI is here and it's not going away, but it isn't as intelligent 
as the average person yet. It will get there. It will eventually be able to answer doctors' questions about cancers. Right now, it's able to scare the patients on their cancer questions <laughs> and no more. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to a point later. Um, so, it, and this, this happens in technology. I mean, the dot-com bubble happened because the internet was new and everybody said, this, is, this isn't going to go away. It was full of junk at the beginning. You couldn't actually buy the things that you wanted to buy. Most of the companies that got into the internet as a dot-com company didn't actually ever wind up doing what they intended to do. The same is going to happen with AI and with robotics. We're going to have a lot of failed attempts at doing things. But the end result is going to be worthwhile. Pretty cool. And we're about out of time for this hour. Do you want to wrap up? Well, the market was up 2.5%, at least the S&P 500 this week. Um, the economy seems to be humming along very nicely. It is appears to be accelerating, even as inflation for the last three months has been running at about 2.1% in the United States or in the BCE which is pretty much what the Fed is looking for. So I think we are in, as we wrote in the newsletter, a Goldilocks economy right now. It just doesn't get a lot better than this, uh, and things are going very well. I have to remind everybody of this. It, everything's fine in the Goldilocks economy till the bears come home. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we can talk like about this is just right porridge and just right bed, but we still have to set the alarm to leave the house. For the bears. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So we're about out of time for this week. Thank you very, very much for listening. If you'd like to talk to us off the air, we actually do give investment advice and portfolio management at the fiduciary level for people of generally high net worth. Um, you can talk to us locally. There's voicemail during the weekend, real live people during the week at... 254-947-1111. Or if you still have a landline, toll-free 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. The webpage is thepersonalwealthcoach.com. Our email addresses are jeff and jake at tpwc.com. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach. Thanks for listening.